Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience Podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Extension Experience Podcast. My name is Trent Malachik. I'm Dana Zook. And Josh Bashong. We got a lot of good feedback from that Harvest Memories episode. And I thought it appropriate to have a little bit of a conversation about fall. Because fall is my favorite time of year for a lot of different reasons. And growing up, fall meant kind of a conclusion to the work, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I always loved sowing wheat. Because once you sowed, once that drill went over an acre, I was done with that acre until we got to harvest, you know. Nine months later, Pretty right? much, because I never did any of the spraying or anything like that. So, you know, as a kid, you know, I was finally done dodging homework to to work on the farm. <laughs> I was I was done having like two or three different things going on at once. And it was always a very uh, calming experience to see the drills running and and we often, you know, the crisp air, it was always cool when we were sowing because we sowed later for grain only for most part. So it was always kind of a nice time of year for me. Yeah, I think uh, I have similar feelings. I like fall. I agree with you, Trent. It's my favorite time of year um, behind the spring. I have memories of uh, harvesting. And I think that farmers, at least from my perspective, in the north kind of have that same feeling things were done there's nothing more you can do with the crop you don't have to worry about if it's going to rain anymore you know it's you know seeing reaping the benefits of your labor um i think i think that's kind of how my family feels about it though we didn't plant a lot of wheat though you know it does happen in that area but i think more down more so down here uh, planting planting in the fall yeah that's a strong conclusion in nebraska Mm -hmm. you know where they're picking corn or harvesting soybeans, you know, that's, that's a little bit different than mine. Yeah, <laughs> my, absolutely. My example. And, and, you know, that's something that's changed in Oklahoma a lot. Most of my acres are soybeans this year. So I'm getting a little bit of that, uh, that experience that you talk about and it feels great. I mean, it's probably even better than sowing wheat, except now I will sow wheat behind those soybeans. So my work's not done yet, mm-hmm. but Paying the banker in the fall is a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> so. For sure. <laughs> so it's a little more grown up memory there. But, yeah. But it's it's always nice to have that conclusion, that that kind of bookend on the year. And Josh, you've been planting wheat, right? Yeah, I've been planting wheat. I've been out demos everywhere and always like hoodie season, vest mm-hmm. season. I as like a, the extra pockets. Extra pockets are nice. Yeah. As a bigger guy, not a big fan of the big heat. In the <laughs> um, but growing up, you know, we did a lot of summer crops on our farm. We had a lot of open cap tractors. So obviously fall is a lot better than the dead heat in mm-hmm. the summer. So definitely enjoyed fall harvest better than wheat harvest myself. That can be a struggle though, because I don't like having to adjust the air conditioner throughout the day. It's kind of annoying to me. Like you start off in the morning wearing a hoodie. Mm-hmm. By the afternoon, it's 92 degrees. Mm-hmm. So you're like running the AC full blast. And then by the evening, you got to find that hoodie again because you can hardly make it to the pickup because it's cold again. You yeah, guys are you, kind of sound like weenies yeah, with this cold business. Well, we're not northerners like you are. <laughs> Maybe so. try shutting off the AC, then your windows all fog up. So exactly. you keep that going. Oh, These are all very real problems. <laughs> Such problems. <laughs> I don't know. And that's another thing in Oklahoma, you 
pretty much bust the heater knob off the combine. In my experience, you don't ever need it until now that yeah. we started growing summer crops on a more regular basis. And you think, you know, I actually have to have a heater in this thing or wear your coveralls all all winter long while you're trying to harvest those later planted crops. Because yeah, I've harvested plenty of sesame in November and it's been rather, rather frigid. Combines don't like to start and things like that. Just our equipment isn't necessarily built for that or, or not maintained to those standards. I'll put it that yeah, way. It, way it, was, it. it was built for that, but, but we, you know, starting a combine in hundred degree weather is a lot different than starting it in 40 degree weather. Yeah. So Trent, or so Josh, you said that you maybe harvested some specialty crops for the fall. So very holiday type crops. Yeah, uh, my dad was always generous, us four siblings, uh, giving us some specialty crops we grew for FFA projects and stuff like that, where we grew a lot of watermelons and cantaloupes and tomatoes and green beans and everything like that. One year we decided, let's try pumpkins. Mm. <laughs> uh, was that a success? <laughs> I, like I mentioned, one year we okay. tried pumpkins. Uh, it was a mess, uh, getting them marketed and have a few issues with harvest. I would just throw them on a trailer. Might run over a brother's foot with the trailer once, oh. but mm-hmm. that might be a touchy subject subject for him, anyways. But did uh, he deserve it? Well, of course. Okay, so get your foot out of the way. I was right? the youngest of them, so I <laughs> used everything I had against them. So. <laughs> yeah, I was the youngest, so I always had to learn how to run fast or escape. Yeah, yeah. So you always have Fight that in the back flight. of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it would be cool to. I mean, maybe just one year, like figure out the pumpkin market because you really have to have them ready like early. So like September, early September, right? Yeah. 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 I think if you're picking them now, you're kind of behind the curve. That's Mm -hmm. where we were. We were a little late that one year we tried it. We grew a few just for family and friends and dad right now has a trailer full that he sells a week. Uh, So he just kind of on our system. He has a little pay box and people would stop by and pick them, but. Especially years like this where you can't really go to a farmer's market. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, that's what they have where my folks live is there's this older gentleman that does that. He does it all the way throughout the summer. And there's always this. It's about six miles from our house on the highway. There's this little trailer. It's usually sweet corn or tomatoes or cucumbers. But this time of year, I mean, sometimes he has pumpkins. I'm not sure this year, but it's a, you know, oh, yeah. put your money in the box, you know, sort of thing. It's really nice, actually. Kind of cool. Um, but do you harvest pumpkins? I always wonder this. Do you harvest them when they're kind of green and then they continue to turn orange or, or how is that? Well, mostly you wait for them to get ripe. Okay. Um, like I said, we weren't ever big in pumpkins by no means, but that's the way we did it. Okay. Cantaloupes and watermelons or watermelons we did more commercially. Our peak, we maybe loading a few semis a day, but those you kind of pick a little bit green because they have to have some shelf life to them. Yeah. But okay. For decorating, they... Yeah, that's true. I guess. Oh, this makes me hungry. Hungry? All I can think about now is pumpkin pie. That gets me on a whole nother topic too. (laughs) Do you make like pumpkin pie from real pumpkins? Or does your wife, your wife? Just for those of you that are listening that don't know, (laughs) Dana asked me if I cook. (laughs) That doesn't happen. I know I asked. So I rely heavily on the bakers in my life for pumpkin pie, Dana. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I, don't I, even know, I don't even know how I'd begin to tr- start to make a pumpkin pie, but um, that is one of my favorite fall dishes. I'm not a pumpkin spice latte type of mm-hmm. guy, 
but I do love pumpkin pie with Cool Whip on top. Cool Whip. Yeah. I like, I am one of those people. I really like that. I don't know if you could call it artificial whipped cream, but I like the Cool Whip. Uh, it's really hard for me to get in the mood for hot pies when it's the summertime, but I think about, you know, hoodie weather and getting cooler and, and getting those traditional dishes and, I guess fall is my favorite time of year and Thanksgiving is my favorite, probably my favorite holiday just because mm-hmm. of all the food. So the cooking does change. At least I, I cook. I like to cook. So Trent, maybe you don't have much input on this, but. I don't mind cooking. I like to eat. Okay. So I appreciate okay. people who cook. All right. Yeah. So, and, and Josh's wife, I know is quite a cook, um, but cooking changes in the fall, at least at my house. I really, I really look forward to that first um, pot of chili and we've had it at my house last week. Oh, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Taco soup, all kinds of soup type stuff. Cause I kind of get, you know, the grill. I like the grill during the summertime, but I kind of get bored with that. My creativity kind of stalls in August and just sick of the, I hate to say, I'm just sick of trying to figure out what to make with zucchini. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you can hide zucchini in a beef stew. I know. I um, know. Unless you have a picky three-year-old, then maybe not so much. <laughs> you have to puree it. Yeah, maybe so. Um, but yeah. Fall kind of signals a, a different side of c- kind of cooking. I I feel like I can actually warm up my house without it getting too hot in there. Run the oven a little bit more, and so we utilize more roasts and stews and that sort of thing, which is exciting. So I guess I'll be talking differently when it comes February. I'll be ready to use the grill again. I suppose. I've often thought about this: how lucky we are that there are seasons. And I guess we're just built that way. We're we're mm-hmm. used to it, but. Just about at the end of every season, I'm sick of it. And I'm kind of like <laughs> you, like, like I'm kind of done with summer. The mm-hmm. grilling thing is awesome in the spring and I'm about done with it. I'm ready for like the camaraderie and the, the coming inside, hiding from the cold, being warm, you know, good things to eat, you know, bigger clothes to cover up the fact that I'm gaining weight because of all of this <laughs> extra stew and everything. You know, this that's just a time of year I really love and as we get through the winter, I'll get sick of that too. Yeah. Especially when we get into January and February, which is our horrible time down here uh, with busting ice and dealing mostly just with ice. Ice is usually the big problem. Yeah. If it would snow, it wouldn't be so bad, but it's the ice yeah. that I really can't stand. The cold does really get old. Um, and I know that at least from the perspective of living in Nebraska, it gets a little bit colder there, but honestly, you know, here in Oklahoma, it does get kind of really nasty January and February. It's just unrelenting some years. Um, Although maybe, maybe this year will be different, but. Oklahoma is known for, you know, the windswept plains, but Nebraska is flatter, flatter in some spots than a lot of Oklahoma. I mean, there's not a tree to stand behind in a lot of places up there in in my travels. So I can Mm -hmm. imagine, even though it's just a few hours north of here, one, it can be 10 degrees colder easily. Oh yes, easily. And and then you add in that wind. I can't imagine all those barren cornfields, you know, mm-hmm. that's another thing. We get a lot of green, you know, our, our country tends to green up in the wintertime mm-hmm. as opposed to a lot of places in the country because of all the harvested crops, uh, the fall harvested crops. Yeah, it, it is different. Um, at least now I've, I just realized like I've been gone a decade from my homeland. <laughs> and so I, I kind of forget about that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the wind is, is tough. Um, we run cattle starting, you know, when we take out, when we done picking corn, you know, we'll a lot of times right behind the combine, if you're really efficient, you'll be setting electric fence posts so you can, um, put up temporary fence during cows on corn stalks. We don't have wheat pasture up there. Um, really, I mean, it doesn't get big enough 
really to be able to do that. Although, you know, some areas, if you're planning for it, you can kind of get that done. But a lot of times it really goes more dormant and really not a lot of growth in the winter time. And so that's, that's a really big difference. And I don't, and probably farmsteads here are similar, but you know, there is definitely a windbreak on every farm in Nebraska, at least, you know, that has been there for a while on the North because Mm -hmm. it's just the, the wind can just get so cold. And I can't imagine what it would be like in South Dakota or North Dakota or Montana. I mean, Oh man. Um, it's, it's probably balmy in Nebraska compared to those places. That's a big difference to me when you think about moving north and south across this country is, you know, you get into the south, you have what we call dangerous heat, you know, like life-threatening heat, even for animals. And you got to you gotta worry about when you're working cattle so you don't injure them due to heat stroke and things of that nature. But very rarely does it ever get cold enough here to consider it dangerous cold for cattle. Now, mm-hmm. of course, a human can get themselves into trouble pretty easily, but... Yeah, you know, as you move north, I think about, you know, get to Nebraska and you start getting farther north than that. That's dangerous, cold territory. Where, like you said, you have mm-hmm. to have windbreaks and things like that. And my in-laws, they live in south, south central Oklahoma. I'll make sure and, and t- put that in there geographically. Mm-hmm. But they always ask me, you know, they come up here and we say we graze wheat and everything. It's like, well, where do the cows, where do the calves hide? There's no windbreaks out here. And I say, well... Oftentimes they get their tail mm-hmm. you know? yeah. and and they do well. It's just different. Animals are built for cold mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and especially cattle. They're, they're built for cold and they overwinter cattle in North Dakota. And you wonder how could they survive? But it's just they're different, different physiological processes going on, I'm sure. And, yeah. and Dana would know way more about that than mm, me. But I don't know. Uh, so from a fall perspective, my question is, do each of you guys... Uh, Carve pumpkins for Halloween. I do not. I do simple. My wife's got an artistic touch and she goes over the top. So, and that's very artsy. Yeah. (laughs) I let her win that battle. Very creative. (laughs) As a a kid, of course, I did and loved it. You did love it. Yeah. But as an adult without kids, I know it costs a lot to produce pumpkins, but they can be expensive. They are expensive. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and, I, and I don't, I don't partake in that. I have a, I have ceramic and plastic pumpkins that I tend to use. You tend to use them? Mm, well, I pick them out and my wife decorates them. Okay. I was going to say, that might be a creative side I didn't know about I, you, Trent. I don't think I have much of a creative bone in my body. Okay. Mm. We might have over 50 pumpkins in our house right now. Oh gourds. my gosh. Yeah. Like real ones? All the different types of, you know, not your, just your standard. Oh no, I one. like the Cinderella ones. Yeah, and all kinds. Oh really? Big, so small. did you grow them or did you buy them? Yeah, we can grow most of them. Okay. I, I really wish I could tour that. That yeah. would be really cool. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I uh, know a lot of people actually this year who have had, like they threw their uh, stuff from carving pumpkins in their like compost pile or, you know, their grass pile and they had them grow this year. I don't know if it was a special like certain time of rain or whatever, but a lot of probably three people I know, my in-laws and some of our friends had pumpkins grow in their compost pile just without planting them. And so I, that we only were lucky to do that once when I was a kid that they just grew, but I never did grow them. We just bought them. But, um, I love all the different kinds, although I don't often buy them, (laughs) you know, all the different kinds though. Nora has, my daughter has kind of, we've kind of primed her to get excited about that. We have one big pumpkin that she carries around in the house. Yeah. Three-year-old son just loves them. Yeah. Has to go out and look for them. That one's ready. You got to bring that one in. Very cool. So how are you guys going to tackle trick-or-treating? 
Um, well, we trick-or-treated last year. Um, but this year's different. This year is different. Last year, Nora was, um, I don't know, two and a half or something like that. Uh, she, she was wanted to keep going. I think, I think it was really cold if I remember right, but yeah, she had a good time. I actually have to say that I'm going to be on a trip with my husband in Utah over Halloween. So my kids may have to trick or treat later before I know that sounds like a terrible. How dare you? I know. I'm just awful. I'm upset. I brought that up now. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. No, I mean, trick or treating. I think it's, it's, I have a more of appreciation for it now. I used to not really enjoy like opening the door for the kids because I live in town. But now I think, you know, that's important part of the community. And I think there's other like events that go on too. I know in Kingfisher, they have a really good 4-H type um, game night. And that's kind of cool. So maybe we'll be able to do that beforehand. We'll be going somewhere. I don't know where yet, but. Yeah, you guys live out in the country. Yeah. Last year we ended up going home, Weatherford. Oh. Around some different neighborhoods and nursing homes, but I'm not sure where we're going this year. But Ned's already started on making a costume this year for Davin. Oh, well, <laughs> awesome. what is he going to be? Some kind of little beetle. A beetle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought about that the other day. I thought, oh, geez, I have to figure out a costume. I don't know. I didn't plan for Holt. He's still kind of yeah. too young. To- is it? tale of two families here yeah yeah one that's not so much into into trick-or-treating I, one that really is i know i, I don't like know what my deal is wow. i i don't know it's just it's just another thing it's a it's on the long list of things and i would love to i want to want to make a costume for nora and holt uh my son and daughter or daughter and son however um but oh man just on the list of things to do i remember growing up we always had you know, paper grocery sacks. And I just felt like raiders going into town because we lived outside of town, you know, so mm-hmm. we'd come into town and hit every single house in town that had the light on. You yeah. would? you go to yeah. the good neighborhoods. Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> well, we went to Wachomis, so that, yeah. I mean, you, you can't be too picky. There's not a whole lot of houses there, but... So I think my biggest disappointment is that we went to a dentist's house and he gave us toothbrushes. Oh, man. <laughs> this past year? No. Uh, when, when little, you were a kid. This guy trying to prove a point. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, we would we would end up with grocery sacks full of candy. Yeah. And oh, man. That's such a telling part about, about what part of the country we're in. I don't know. There's a lot of places in this world you can't do that anymore. Or yeah. at least you don't feel comfortable. It's a rural Oklahoma. I mean, rural, rural America, honestly. I think, you know, the you know, the fall with the fall festivals and Halloween, it really like is a, is a big thing for a community type event. And so. I feel bad for the areas that have to do the trunk or treat type thing. Cause I think you gotta make those kids work for that candy. <laughs> if you they just give them a parking lot, they're going to be hyper for the rest of the rest of their time. They have to get enough candy to last all year. Yeah. I, and I think like the kids, parents drive them around now or walk around with them. I think my parents, my grandma and grandpa lived in town. And so my parents would stay at my grandma and grandpa's and they'd like, go ahead, yeah. go do it. So I, I hope yeah. that we can continue to kind of do that in some of our communities. My yeah. dad followed us around where he was like our wheat truck, you know, like he had to, we had to like drop, drop candy off and go get an empty sack. Oh my and come gosh, back. that's a lot. We would have a lot of candy. I'm not as like excited from the candy standpoint. I don't know. I'm not a big candy eater. So maybe... 
that's why I'm not well, adulthood kind of ruins that for I you. I know when, it's not as exciting. And when you have a metabolism that can burn it, you yeah. tend to like candy a little bit more. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. So, um, especially when your other set of teeth haven't came in yet. Yeah. You can ruin those. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is, that is, um, I think that varies like from one spouse to the next, you might not be so worried about that, but yeah. your wife might be feel differently. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's like you said, fall is, is a refreshing change to the season after a long grueling summer. And we had a, we had a good summer in Oklahoma. There was a lot of rain. It wasn't overly hot, but, but I sure do like having the cool crisp mornings and, and the change in what type of work we're doing and things are slowing down and it'll be a nice change of pace for a while, but as always, we'll want spring to come and, and start up with different things. But how's your programming at, How's it been coming recently? So mine's been, I've been good. I, I, um, you know, it's, it's been a hurdle, um, from, you know, COVID-19 regulations with the university, but I've gotten out there and been doing some supplementation meetings and then kind of hitting the BQA training hard beef quality assurance training. I'm not hard necessarily, but I've got it out there more so for producers. And so I've been, I've been fairly busy this fall, but it just depends on, you know, what's come down the pike. I know you've just recently got busy with some of these government programs. And so, um, um, Oklahoma beef quality assurance or Oklahoma quality beef network, uh, another acronym, um, we have sales coming up, so I'm going to get busy with that, but it's been kind of a normally busy fall for me, but I don't know. I'm, I'm addicted to productivity Trent. So that's yeah. kind of the way it well, is. I mean, it's, it's been different for Josh and I. I know you've been getting out and doing some meetings. We're doing a lot more online stuff still. Yeah. You know, and, and, and virtual presence. Yeah. Virtual presence. We're <laughs> still here. Call us sometimes, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, we like conversations. Uh, but yeah, just a lot of work over email and zoom. And we talk about the changing of seasons. I'm, I'm kind of ready to get back out there. <laughs> oh yeah. I, you guys, I was just hitting the wall. Like at the end of the summer, I went out there and I asked educators, do you need some stuff? Cause I, I just don't, I, I'm, I have trouble with some of the technology stuff and I don't feel as connected. And so from my personality standpoint, I just really feel like I need to see people. And of course that's different now, but oh man, it's, it was almost a necessity for me to get out. Well, OSU hasn't hosted any field days since March. No. I have gone to a couple of industry led events and took precautions with that, obviously, but getting out there is definitely mentally oh, yeah. pretty favorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't make any friends over zoom meeting <laughs> you know, and, and you can meet producers and you get to know them and, and you actually become friends with them when you do things in person. So it, it's just a good reminder that there's always a different way to do something and, and not one way is better than any other. In my opinion, you, you got to have everything, but yeah, as we move through time, we're learning. That's, yeah. that's definitely something it's, I think we'll come out of this side on the other side of this thing and stronger and more resilient, uh, but different, definitely yeah. different. I think it's, imp- I think I've realized that we have to have a blend. Like, I don't think, in-person stuff was ever going to go away just from what we had just all explained, like from our mental standpoint, like we need to see our producers. And so I think it's good. I think a lot of us have gained some skills like me from the um, internet standpoint, you know, getting over programming over that. That's nice sometimes, but it's so important to be boots on the ground. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a good, good book into this conversation. Again, I, 
we hope if there's producers listening, you have a safe fall and harvest wraps up and wheat planting goes well. And again, for producers, you know, our programming needs are going to be changing and our county educators will be hopefully moving into this wintertime programming area and then coming up with new ideas. So always feel free to reach out if you need help. And we really appreciate you joining us and we'll catch you next time. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again and we'll talk to you soon.